FFP's got nothing to do with the things I'm pissed off about. FFP's got nothing to do with um, the lives of migrant workers in the UAE. It's got nothing to do with the uh, torture of dissidents. It's got in in, in terms of uh, in terms of um, Saudi Arabia and uh, Newcastle and the Premier League. The Premier League don't give a shit about about Yemeni children. They they give a shit about fucking uh, uh, television rights. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello comrades and you're very welcome to the Football Spin. It's Football Spin on a Monday night. It's a big day for the city of Manchester. Um, We'll be talking about Manchester City a little bit later on who've had their two-year ban from European football overturned by the Court of Arbitration for Sport. But let's start with the other half and... Well, there you go. Nostradamus strikes again, <laughs> eh? It's, I'm pretty sure this isn't his first outing. I can't no. remember the other one. But um, I was looking for it on Twitter. It was on the WhatsApp group. Just as we kicked off, Nas Chowdhury, quote, United won't win tonight. Solid work, Nas. You knew. How did you know? How did you know? I just, it, it, was, it was one of those games that uh, it just felt as if, like, the team would come a cropper. Um, but I mean, it's I mean it's it feel it feels worse because the nature of it. But I, I mean, to be honest, Southampton were good. Like like Southampton were really sort of a uh, difficult to play against in the nicest possible way. That they were proper snide. Um, mm. Just like just, and and like I remember remember last year. Uh, I'll I'll tell you one thing I don't miss, and one thing that really boils my piss in general at football games. It's when goalkeepers are wasting time. Like for some reason, more than anything that annoys me, and like like Southampton were doing loads of that last season. So um, and and like stay, going down dead easy and staying down, and, and they did a lot of that today. But um, like credit to them, like like um, they didn't let United play, sort of uh, closing them down all over the shop. Um, there was there was that there was that uh foul on on uh, Greenwood from um. Uh, Oriol Romo, who who is now my sworn enemy, <laughs> big big oafish thug, boneheaded thug, um, hurting out hurting my boy, um, but, but yeah, um, but apart from that, like like there was there was lots of low level snide which I I admire. Um, I think that's what you need to do, and um, there was there was almost a little bit of a when um Harry Maguire did the post uh post game interview like there was he almost spat it out when he said uh, oh yeah well Southampton have nothing to play for they're not, not going to get relegated and they're not going to get into the they're not gonna, not going to get into Europe um almost almost echoing what what we said a few episodes ago about uh Ferguson saying that uh West Ham showed obscene sort of effort uh against against United when they had nothing to play for but um no i think i think it was Southampton deserved it. They're they're not the kind of team you want to play right now, and um, really, I think for United, because in in the discussions we've had in previous um, podcasts, uh, when when we've been talking about is this a new dawn for United, there's been a level of um, 
level of skepticism because I feel that uh, just like when when Solskjaer came in, um, there was a there was a real sense that United had had momentum and United had, were on this amazing run, but it was like a confidence team. So as soon as something went wrong, it kind of all turned to shit. And I think I think now is a good test for United because they can either turn to shit and it and, and it can just prove that they're amazing run of results um since the lockdown uh was sort of eased was purely confidence and they're a great team when they're on it and uh, and they're full of confidence but as soon as it gets tough as soon as it get, as soon as there's a press situation as soon as as soon as they're faced with any kind of difficulty they crumble or they can show that they've they're more robust they're um they're they are able to overcome these kind of uh uh, setbacks um, because because that that's what the that's that's what City can do that's what Liverpool can do so it will be it will actually be a better sort of a measure of of where United are um, how they recover from this um, rather more so than the than the last few games does a does a prediction count for anything if you make it on WhatsApp rather than social media. <laughs> I think I think if anything, it just means that you, it's 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 more in, like there's more integrity to it, integrity to it because you're not doing it for show. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like in a monologue. But then, but then, yeah, but then you can also just screenshot it and put it on social media, saying, you know, look at the look at the timestamp here. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I I I've not done that, but what I have done uh, is is something that's almost as bad, where I've retweeted myself. From a few days ago, where, I've, where where I tweeted, I don't think United will win the la- their last four games. I think we'll drop points, and City will win their appeal tomorrow. Uh, that's why I think the weekend results will come in handy. That was good. I saw you retweeting that, but that was a, that was a good tweet. But you also had tweeted that, so it was yeah. there. It was a hostage. For it was. It was. But um, whereas, whereas I mean, WhatsApp uh, groups are not, you know, they're not. Uh, yeah, but the, not but, as but that's hostile. yeah, but but if anything, like. It's almost like you're getting like like behind the scenes like page like it's like you're getting it's like you're getting the DVD extras of of the, of the Nos experience, <laughs> the offcuts. <nods. laughs> yeah, the offcuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's no, it was. It was uh, no, it is interesting. I thought I thought the um, I think United were were, you know that that uh, that that the tackle on Greenwood. Um, that Southampton weren't down to ten men for that was uh, uh, was really was really shocking. Like that was uh, that was an appalling tackle by Romeo, and um, I. But after that, I thought I thought Harry Maguire's interview was was quite revealing actually because when he uh, when he talked about how Southampton um, had come, you know, came with no pressure on them. Uh, um, and then he said, "You know, we brought pressure on to ourselves, and it was as if this game. It wasn't as if he was just talking about Southampton having pressure, having no pressure. But suddenly, this game, because of everything, because of the city result in the uh, in, in the court of arbit- in the court of uh, arbitration, uh, because of all that, suddenly there was this pressure on Manchester United." And they, they, in the second half, they were just holding on. They were basically just holding on for this 2-1 victory, uh, sitting back, letting Southampton attack them. 
and the goal was kind of inevitable. It didn't seem, it never, like the, the swashbuckling, carefree Manchester United, who uh, not so long ago were in a kind of similar position to Southampton, Harry Maguire, um, where, they, where they could play with no, you know, there, there wasn't that much pressure on them. There wasn't, now it's like, okay, uh, United need to win. There isn't, suddenly top five isn't going to get you a Champions League place. How could they have, how could the, uh, how could the, how could Cass, how have they made that ruling? This is just puts tremendous, you know, just puts huge pressure on United. And, um, it, it, it was, it was too much for them. It really was too much for them tonight. So, uh, I thought that was, um, you know, given like that, you know, that they should have, uh, and they, the United, you know, they should have been playing against a team with 10 men. United ended with, with 10 men themselves. And, um, it 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 just seemed it seemed like it seemed like something that was part of how they approached the game in the second half. Just a sort of we'll just get out of this one now and just get it done. And if there has been, that's a kind of as you said, not that is also a pattern with United and it's a pattern with Solskjaer. So uh, that is something that is probably concerning for the rest of the season. Although I do think United will finish above. Leicester certainly. Uh, it's 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 interesting how how a result that like that can totally change your perception of the forthcoming fixtures as well, isn't it? Because like it goes from sort of thinking, oh, United will sort of like carry on with their run and steamroll these teams. Suddenly, suddenly Palace on Thursday feel away to Palace on Thursday feels like a like a, a tough game because um, again. Sort of like Palace love to be party poopers. Uh, it's a really, for some reason, uh, Palace are, are a really tough g- game to play. Sort of at night uh, under floodlights. Uh, then you've got then you've got Sunday. Obviously, Chelsea was always going to be a tough game in the in the semi final. Then you've got West Ham under Moyes. Credit where credit's due. Like like they are another team who are just generally a really awkward team to play against, but. I've obviously got an informed striker and and have and have hit upon form, and then obviously you've got the last game against Leicester. So suddenly, it could it, United could very easily not make a Champions League spot. Um, you and, think this is it for United now? You think that's it? 15, 59 <laughs> points. Uh, that's it. That's them done. I, I, I just I, concentrate I, on the cup now. Get, <laughs> get the FA Cup in the bag. That's a good season. Finish exactly. fifth. Fine. I. I just, I just think, the, like, like I said, and 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 like, like, De, like Dion sort of suggested, like, it's no, there's no point in Harry Maguire sort of like, uh, almost suggesting, like, annoyingly that that, that well, well, saying that Southampton, Southampton have nothing to play for, therefore they could play with freedom when you, that's how United have been playing until it matters, and then when it matters, they they drop points. It's um, this is the test now. Like, 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 like the test isn't sort of how you do when you're playing well. The test is okay. You've drawn a vital game. You could have gone third. You're still fifth. Like, what have you got about you? Like, how can you? How can you recover? Um, like, even for the manager, it's a bit of a test because what does he do now? So far, it's been a case of he's been keeping the same eleven because it's a winning formula. Why change it? Um, maybe, maybe in the second half they did show signs of fatigue. Um, um. Socio was asked that question after the game and sort of said, no, that wasn't an issue. But obviously he'd say that because if, if he says anything else, that's implied criticism of, of his tactics of, of, of keeping the same team. So 
Um, what does he do now against Palace? Does he cha- does he change it now? It's um, it's it, 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 this this is the measure of the team now. This this will show how good they are. And then, I mean, one one thing to obviously to consider is uh, is United do have a slight plan B of of if it does all all turns shit in the league, uh, then then th- there is the. There is the avenue of of winning the Europa League to to get into the Champions League, but again, like 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 I, I say, the way that Southampton played and and the way they got about United and and they used all these uh, well well some of these nefarious sort of tactics to get about them, um, maybe maybe tonight is a bit of an indicator about how United might struggle in Europe against sort of uh, canny sort of uh, opposition. So. There's there's lots to there's lots to debate. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like like this 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 positives as well. Like there was positives from United United tonight. I thought I thought Rashford was sharper than he's ever been. As as well as his goal, he just looked on it. Um, I thought Pogba, I thought Pogba was quite interesting because he 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 obviously made that mistake that cost the goal, and then he 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 made a a similar sort of mistake where where he he lost the ball, and and, and in previous seasons at United. Like that could have easily uh, resulted in him getting a red card or something because what he tended to do whenever he made a mistake for United is is try too hard to rectify it. Uh, it would be a bit of a spiral, and because everything depended depended on him in terms of like getting United out of trouble and 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 the one source of of sort of creativity, like like he would he didn't handle that that pressure well. So. Uh, it was interesting that sort of because there was other people that he could rely on within the team we didn't get that situation where he just totally combusted under the under the pressure uh, under under the singular pressure but he didn't do much either you know, did he? he 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 didn't do much and and, and neither did um neither did uh, fernandez and, and again that's a that's a, that's a question mark that we've actually brought up previously in this podcast about whether whether united as as much as as much as his uh, fernandez is um Involvement in the team has been transformational to the to the whole team in terms of form. Are, 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 is United's form linked too closely to his own um, individual form? So, so when he doesn't perform, does that mean United don't? So, so yeah, there are lots of questions, but um, it'll be interesting. I think double looking player, double double player of the month, now it's, you know, it's double cards for Fernandez. <laughs> so I, I think look, I think looking back, Maguire's. Uh... Maguire's interview is actually something. It's like he's almost harking back fondly to to those those early days, you know, or those recent days. Because even even referenced how there was no pressure on Southampton because they came here, uh, came to Old Trafford, and there you know no crowd. Even mentioned that like it was just the whole the whole package, the whole dream of no pressure. He was just painting this beautiful picture of freedom. For Southampton, you know, with no no crowd, no pressure, nothing to play for. Uh, now you could argue that Manchester United never, never, never in that position, um, and that's probably fair. But it was uh, it was extraordinary because it is it is that thing that we've talked about this before about about the uh, behind closed doors games that um, what it's doing for players and the, and how it's releasing some of them. And Arteta has said this about Arsenal, but even. Maguire to say that as well again just tells you about how this is a sort of unreal time um, and maybe players can forget for a lot of it what is actually at stake or what's, what matters but then there's a game like tonight 
where it's it's focused for United because of everything. And I think I think the city uh, result was probably critical in that because it um, it put pressure on in a way that it, 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 you know even though everyone knew this was coming today and nobody and nobody really seemed to know which way it was coming even though there were some uh, you know predictions about things uh, end of, at the end of last week. It doesn't seem that anybody knew what was going to happen. Um, and so that's a kind of, uh, you know, uh, body blow just for, for United, just on the day of, of a game like this to go, okay, what we're actually aiming for has changed. Um, so it was, it was, a, yeah, it was a significant evening for them. And, you know, um, not just significant in terms of dropping points, but in terms of what it says about them. Before we move on to City, just very quickly on the Romeo tackle, everybody's agreed it was absolute horror tackle, X-rated. Uh, everybody but Matt Letizia agrees that it should be a red card, <laughs> but anyway, whatever game he's watching. But um, just just the reaction, I couldn't gauge if there was like a lot of um, pushback towards VAR because... Like it looked like the kind of thing that could be reviewed, and Lee Mason was VAR and didn't choose to um, overrule the on-field referee. And it's almost like I wonder if, like at this stage, it's just accepted that VAR now is as faulty as the on-field referee in their decision making, and it's kind of a shrug of the shoulders. And well, look, that's that's just the way it is. Like all faith is lost in in Stockley Park. Well, it's 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 a uh, it's something that reflects the world now, where where no one can say I am wrong or I do not know. Like like that is not that is not not a currency that people use these days because that's seen as that's seen as a weakness. Not knowing something is seen as a weakness, whereas saying you don't know something should should be seen as a virtue because you, because because you don't understand something and you want to admit to that and and know more. And this idea that um. VAR is is overruling the referee. Like that's not how it should be seen. VAR should be seen as something that helps the referee. So it, it's it, you don't want a situation at the end of the game where the referee is being criticised for making the wrong decision. So what VAR should be is a help to the referee to to avoid that scenario. It's it, it, there is no there is no shame in in VAR showing something to the referee that that he just missed. That's it. It should be seen as a as a tool that the referee can use, or a, 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 a support for the referee. And 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 there was even the option of um, yeah, yeah the screen. sorry, the screen exactly. to refer to the screen exactly. Yeah. They could have sent it down. The referee could have jogged over and had a look at the screen. That wasn't used. And and I, it's interesting well, that you, do you do you think it's something to do with the fact that Arteta said after the Enketia red card he didn't actually understand what the how that actual pitch side monitor works because it was one of those it was a bit like the Enketia one it happened fast the referee clearly didn't see it. it it would take one look at that like it was a bit like the Enketia red card is literally Michael Oliver wasn't it trotted over to the screen one look at oh, the red card and then back and it's one of those that you think just refer to the screen he'd only need one look at it to say. That is a nailed-on red card sent. That's the. I mean, it. It, it just. It, it, so much of it just seems like common sense isn't being used, and uh, and and there's other factors that are at play, like 
like egos, like the concern that, uh, oh, what will managers think? What will TV think? Um, will it look as if the referee is being undermined on the pitch? It's just, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. And it's a little bit like um, in Italy, in Italy, they've, they've got their own problems where essentially it's, it seems as if um, any time the ball touches a hand or arm in the penalty area, it's a penalty. It's a straight, straightforward penalty. And, uh, and like uh, I think, I think in the, I think the number of penalties in the in the Premier League is something like 108, and and in in uh, Serie A it's 207. So simply because, literally, you can blast the ball at some a, a, a player's arm, and it's a penalty. And it, and 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 that's that, that's another example how of how how I mean it's a different league that, but there's, there's just no common sense being used. It's 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 like everyone could see. That, that 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 was a dangerous tackle apart from Matt Lewis here. And and um and yet the correct decision was not come to. It it, it just it, it baffles me slightly that sort of this this extra layer of technology which is meant to help suddenly becomes this uh this hot potato that that confuses people and worries people and and is seen as like the robot versus the referee. Okay, well, let's move on to Manchester City. Their two-year ban from European football today was overturned after the Court of Arbitration for Sport found that most of UEFA's charges were time-barred or not established. Now, this isn't the full ruling. We'll see that in a couple of days' time. This was a 377-word summary of the ruling. Now, lots of people will point to the fact, Ian, that this wasn't an exoneration by any stretch and that the court found that Man City had disregarded principles and obstructed the investigations. Um, and as such, like the 10 million of the 30 million euro fine was upheld. But nevertheless, it, it's a huge victory for Manchester City, isn't it? Probably bigger than anything that they will actually do on the field in 2020. This was better than a total exoneration. Because if, as Noz says, if football is about, um, uh, and it increasingly is just about uh, kind of a tribal uh demarcation where you don't see the point anyone else's point of view and you just are always always braced for war and battle and hostility and defend your club's you know position then this was the perfect result because forever people will be able to be saying well you weren't completely exonerated they questioned how you uh you know the the they, they mentioned Manchester's disregard of, of principle and its obstruction of the investigations, all that, you know, and there was a fine and there was all this. And so there will always be enough for people to just to be arguing with, uh, arguing with on, on Twitter. Like this is, there is enough there that people can now argue forever about uh, what City have done and what Manchester City have done, whilst at the same time um, they haven't been banned the Champions League and uh, they can immediately start talking um, with kind of, you know, in one of those, if use one of those phrases that I, I don't think ever gets used really, except in uh, newspaper reports, but with like unseemly haste, uh, there were stories about how, you know, the 150 million that, uh, uh, that um, City are going to spend this summer um, nobody needs to worry anymore about uh, you know what player players leaving, Pep leaving, all of that. That can all be put to one side, um, and it's just back to business. But meanwhile, meanwhile, UEFA 
UEFA desperately clinging, desperately clinging to the idea that financial fair play is still a thing. Um, say, you know, we 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 note the CAST cast panel found there was insufficient conclusive evidence to uphold all of the CFCB's conclusions in this specific case, and that many of the alleged breaches were time barred due to the five-year time period foreseen in the UEFA regulations. And that's going to be a really interesting aspect of the full judgment, uh, how that time-barred decision was breached, because it can't be something like UEFA have got lawyers. They have presumably were aware of, of, of when, they, when they could put these, what, these uh, how, you know, what, what the statute of limitations were and when they could actually... Uh, Make these cases, and whatever way it has been ruled, clearly has ruled it has ruled it differently. Um, but like City have, have been cleared of the of the of the, and is you know have been cleared of, uh, uh, you know the of of dishonest concealment of equity funding. Uh, the you know saying you know that was the that was the key. Um, that was the key finding from 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 this ruling, uh, and that is at the, that is at the heart of that is one of the principles of financial fair play, which will remain in existence. But in a general sense, it, will, it, it could easily remain in existence now. Like this is going to be a huge test for UEFA if if they have the heart to go through with these things again, if they have the kind of stomach to go through with these things again, because City have also been. You know they've been punished for their their uh, uh, because of the, the, the because for the obstruction of the investigation. Like that is a key thing. They actually obstructed this investigation, even though they said there was there was uh, there was nothing to it. They are still they still have been fined in this judgment for the obstruction of the investigation. So the question might be, why would you do that? Why would you do you are you, do you just feel it is such an injustice that? Uh, this is taking place in the first place. Is that what you feel that you actually must just you must you must obstruct it on principle? Is that it? But um, whatever the reason, and we will know a lot more when we see the full ruling. It's one of those things that every club who is who is you know Newcastle United, if they're taken over, any club that now looks at at. Uh, as um, what Manchester City did, or or you know how how this case has evolved, will actually think right. Uh, is there some things they will take lessons from it? They will take lessons from it, and in in a broader sense, it is then a case of what becomes of financial fair play in terms of how it sits among the rules of sport. Is it going to become? And this is where we're talking in broader terms. We're moving beyond this case, moving beyond Manchester City. But is it in broader terms going to become like uh, anti-doping regulations in athletics or in any sport? Um, where uh, I think it was Dick Pound, the former head of WADA, said that if you fail a, fail a drugs test, you're not failing a doping test, you're failing an IQ test. Um, is that what is that what FFP is going to, you know, is it going to become a case in some in some uh, notional case in the future that they say actually what happened here was you just you just had very bad lawyers, you had very bad lawyers. We've got you for FFP violations. 
next time you might want to get better lawyers. Um, perhaps that's it. Perhaps that's what FFP will become. Um, and equally, then it's important to kind of feel like, like these are the, like the the idea that there is that there is, uh, um, a, a kind of a good guy on one side of this that has been that has been denied denied a kind of victory by 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 this ruling is kind of is wrong too because this is not this is this is there is no there is no kind of white knight here trying to save uh you know the little man from the big the big uh the big beasts of of football because they are all big beasts now there's there are many aspects of 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 this case that are unseemly and there are many aspects of the 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 emails that um that were leaked uh the you know the Manchester City emails which were um which were just were 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 were, were deeply kind of unpleasant like there was you know the 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 email sent uh uh when the um one of the uh one of the seven financial fire, fair play UEFA overseers when one of them died uh an email sent by um the city football group lawyer Simon Cliff when it, when one of them died he sent an email saying one down six to six to go uh and you know there's a very good piece by Ian Herbert in the mail today and he 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 references that and says you know that has never been a public apology to the dead man's family now that uh that glimpse inside this world and the, you know we we can because of because of the origins of of Manchester City's money we can we can make a direct link between that and 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 what goes on here but the idea that they are the only uh people they they may have greater means than other clubs, but the idea that they're the only club uh, who won't do anything to kind of get what get their way um, is is nonsense. But it's a, it, it is it is a grubby uh, it's a it's a glimpse inside a kind of it's no longer grubby the way football used to be grubby, and football used to be grubby in a different way. Um, and you know, if you go if you go back to uh, Investigations around, you know, George Graham, uh, Brian Brian Clough, all those kind of those investigations in football, um, they 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 told of a grubbiness in football. Football has become a different game now, and uh, it is a higher stakes, and people get what they want in a different way. Um, Manchester City dispute that they. You know, and they've been cleared of doing anything wrong, and that is very that is important to say. Uh, but they also have been found to have obstructed the investigations, and there is there is a there is a seriousness to that that is probably important in a in a way that will never matter. Like in the arguments that this uh, about this that take place on Twitter and elsewhere, the seriousness of that uh, will never really matter. But like if UEFA are a governing body surely and this is maybe deeply innocent surely the clubs who are governed by them shouldn't should be should be cooperating with them in a way that this would suggest that they weren't well that's an interesting point as well there Naz, is that essentially like there is some 
potential damage to the equity of the club that is Manchester City. And we saw today, obviously, uh, a picture that was tweeted out, sorry, on, it was actually put on Instagram by the backroom staff at Man City, uh, Manuel Estiart, who's in Pep Guardiola's backroom staff, which was five of the backroom staff, sorry, four plus Pep in front of Sky Sports, who just reported the news. And they're all they're all very happy, which is understandable. You had Pep Guardiola very bullish coming into this, into Monday, even though there were reports from within Manchester City or that they weren't sure which way this was going to go. But they have been in, like something about Manchester City's entire attitude towards this procedure and towards this finding. First of all, livid by the allegations, even though the court has found that they did obstruct the investigation. That's that's there in black and white. And something about their entire tone and attitude towards the investigation, that sort of the indignance, the indignation that they've had towards the investigation that just doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel right. It doesn't look good from the outside. So on the other side, Manchester City going to be in the Champions League next season. Manchester City, Pep Guardiola's, you know, if he'd any doubts, these are these are the things that matter to playing in the top competition. They'll spend a lot of money on players. Their big players will stay. Um, even again, if they had doubts, you know, this is they're going to play in the Champions League. I mean, where do you think it leaves Manchester City, based on what we've seen today, and we have the full ruling to come? Um, I mean, first of all, in terms of how they come across, especially with like the uh, Instagram picture and stuff like that. Um, I don't think they could give a flying fuck. Like, I just don't think they're interested. Like, I think they've made it clear that sort of on that level, like they don't they don't care um, how they come across because they feel vindicated within themselves and their fans feel vindicated. Uh, and, and that's all that really matters in the grand scheme of things. Um, there's the ruling and then there's, these things that we should be concerned about. Now, I am no fan of of City's owners. Uh, in the same way, I am no fan of Newcastle's prospective owners. But this this whole idea of FFP and and UEFA sort of like uh, coming down hard on them, those are two separate things. Like like. FFP's got nothing to do with the things I'm pissed off about. FFP's got nothing to do with um, the lives of migrant workers in the UAE. It's got nothing to do with the uh, torture of dissidents. It's got in in, in terms of uh, in terms of um, Saudi Arabia and uh, Newcastle and the Premier League. The Premier League don't give a shit about about Yemeni children. They they give a shit about fucking uh, uh, television rights. Um, involving another very dodgy sort of uh, country with, with, with humanitarian sort of major humanitarian issues. It's so in terms of that, in terms of everything that sort of I find unpleasant and and worrying and uh, and desperately um, disconcerting about these these owners and sports washing and all that. That pisses me off, but that's not what this is about. Like. Like if you because because that's about being, it's not even about uh, the fair and proper um, like uh, test in terms of whether an, an owner should come in. That's uh, that's more ethical and moral 
and and I just and it, and it hurts and it upsets me that uh, that any club um, is being used to sports wash that. But in terms of in terms of uh, FFP, like what is it for? Because to to my mind, it's meant to be like uh, philosophically, it's meant to be essentially protecting clubs against themselves. That's how I understood it. So you can't have a situation where a club um, it, it gets into problems financially because they they stretch themselves too far and and they can't afford the outgoings that they that they're committing. In, in order to essentially bet and risk on success, now that doesn't seem as if what the the version of FFP that's that's in that's been um, well, it's it, it, that UEFA attempted attempted to um, implement. That doesn't feel as if that's what that's doing. What it feels like is it's protecting a monopoly of teams. So, so um, Manchester United, Liverpool. Um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Bayern Munich—they will always be this cabal of sort of um, of like grand traditional teams, and and it will be incredibly hard for anyone else to break into this cabal of like uh, sex, successful teams. And success breeds success. So because these teams um, grew to a certain size at a certain time, they they remain the hierarchy, and and that that in itself is bullshit because. Because that's not fair. Like, I know, I know the reason why a lot of these owners come into these clubs is is for nefarious reasons and, and it is sports washing or whatever. However, like from a City fan's point of view or from a Newcastle fan's point of view, how the fuck are they supposed to break in? How the fuck are they supposed to sort of break into this uh, this uh, monopoly of sort of hierarchy teams that who 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 are always going to win stuff? And because they've got the fan base, because they got the turnover. Because because they've got this whole machine working for them, they are continue. They will continue to be this uh, these these great traditional teams and and the likes of City and the likes of Newcastle and and and, and even Paris Saint Germain or whoever. It's kind of like well you, well you know your place you you know where you belong. It doesn't matter if you've got this money coming and you can't spend it. It's it, like in its like it, on that level, like it's it's almost a good thing that this happened. But because, if you yeah, but then change the rules. Like that's get the rules changed. That's what but I. That's would it, but think that's that. it, but, but that's exactly it. Like, do change the rules. Make it about something that's more more than just sort of protecting the the status quo. Like, like the rules should be there to protect the likes of Wigan. That's 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 what should that's that's what they should avoid happening. And I think it's you who's mentioned it before, Dion, about you are slightly nervous about. Uh, the situation at Chelsea, because because um, at any like the thing is, if 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 City's owners walked away now, they won't be able to function as they used to. But but my understanding is that they that they have have a level level of sustainability, and 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 they've got they provided a level of investment within the club and and sort of um um area around the club. That 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 there is a level of self sustainment now, whereas like as I understand it, Chelsea are 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 far more under threat of like the the owner just walking away and and them being left in serious trouble. Well, so that's probably the, one of the reasons why it exists. Like we all like I understand that point that you can't just pull up the drawbridge and and not let clubs who want to get in get in. 
but it probably does offer some protection. I suppose the other thing, like if you look at the statement today, then like the, the headline on the gas statement is Manchester City FC did not disguise equity funding as sponsorship contributions, but did fail to cooperate with the UEFA authorities. So by that reckoning, they actually complied with, with uh, FFP. So they have uh, the rule the rule that they despise. They've actually complied with it. But I think it is it is again again it comes back to that line. I think we mentioned this a lot months ago when we talked about it. That line uh, about I can't remember who said it, but that that playing a game is the the uh, the um, the voluntary acceptance of unnecessary obstacles. Like that's what. Now that sounds these days in football that sounds like so ridiculously naive the vol- voluntary acceptance of unnecessary obstacles whereas like in football and in so much professional sport the 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 response to that statement is well if they're unnecessary why should i have to deal with them at all you know if it's if if it's not if it's unnecessary uh you know, if, if I can get away with diving, why should I not dive? If I can do whatever I have to do to get a result, why should I deal with these obstacles, which are the rules as currently exist? Why can't I have my own rules? Are rules that are more suited to me? Are rules that uh, are, are more pertain and are, are more satisfactory to my, to, to my current situation? And that's the, uh, and that's, that's not, that's a universal um that's a universal um, attitude in in professional sport, uh, but it is it is more uh, more pronounced the the higher you go. I don't think I don't think you could be sitting here if city if city were were if the if the thing had gone the other way today. I think it would probably on balance you'd probably be feeling that this was a, a good day for UEFA and the rules. Um, but you could you could be sitting here making a lot of arguments that Nas is making about how uh, they are there to protect certain certain clubs who have historical advantages uh, and don't want to be threatened by new clubs who may be thinking smarter, maybe thinking in a different way, maybe maybe uh, more innovative, maybe doing lots of things. That that the historical the the grand clubs of European football haven't needed to do, but I don't think there's any way of seeing it as anything um, other than a, a victory for Manchester City and the total exoneration that it hasn't been there will actually just be something that they they can live with. The the, the thing the thing is like like you talk about sort of if. If the if City had lost their appeal, um, what would the reaction be? Personally, I would be pleased if the if the decision went the other way, because I'm a Manchester United fan and it benefits my club. But also, I would be pleased because I don't I don't like the owners. I don't like the uh, what goes on um, at the UAE, and 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 I'd have particular issues because of particular sort of ethical and political reasons but that wouldn't have been the reason why 
it, it, that wouldn't been that wouldn't have been the reason why why UEFA went after them after them, and it wouldn't have been the reason why the appeal failed. It would have just been a it would have just been a coincidence that um, people that I don't particularly like are being punished for some for another reason. But I, but I'm just pleased that they get that they're being punished. That's the that's the thing. Like like the the you you I mean essentially the rules are, are an ass and uh, and and. And the the reasons why people are the reasons why people don't like city fans, I mean, sorry, city's um, owners, and the reason why why they go after them, and and the reason why uh, uh, Newcastle fans are experiencing the same, experiencing the same things now, it's because a lot of people just don't like uh, the geopolitical and uh, and moral sort of. Uh, Standpoints of those of those owners or whatever, or, or, or tra- the track record of those owners, but that has nothing to do with with with, with the reason that that UEFA went out went after them. No, and I accept that, and I think that's that's fine. But you, I don't think you you can separate in another way um, where Manchester City's owners are coming from and the money they're spending and why they're spending that money. So in a way, while that wasn't the intention of ffp to to do that it, it, if if uh if there was a scenario where it was being done in a way that breached ffp it would actually it should in theory prevent uh an element of of sports washing because um the the, the rules of ffp should be if if they were effective and if they were enforced and if there was a club who was uh you know, using using money that wasn't revenue that wasn't naturally generated revenue, um, they would be caught by that those rules. So while it might not, might not be the reason for it, it is it is it does have those type of ambitions, uh, theoretically as part of its uh, as part of its kind of remit. The 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 problem is, it, it, it you know whether it works or not is. Is another thing, and then uh, I, 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 I agree. I completely understand what you're saying, and I agree with it too. Like there, there are separate things, but I don't know if you can separate when you see this, when you see the emails, when you see the contents of those emails. It's very hard. And again, we can say, and I said it, like you know, there will be other clubs who maybe would be saying similar things, but it's very hard when you read those emails to separate. Say, oh, that's just the the corporate arm. And this is, you know, the UAE, and they and they are and they are different things. It's very hard not to think that there is uh, that there is a thread that that joins those those parties together, and it isn't uh, it is un, uh, unpleasant, and it is uh, it is something that is um, unseemly in its own way. Yeah, I, 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 I suppose you're right because at the end of the day. The, the the sort of the thread running through it all is that is that uh the reason why these owners are getting involved in these football clubs whether it's PSG whether it's City whether it's Newcastle that is linked to 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 who they are and and otherwise they would not be interested like what reason would they be interested in sort of buying these clubs I, I, I suppose I suppose if 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 that was if you if you sort of remove that sort of uh, motive. Then all you're left with is is kind of like Jack Walker types that just have got like this this uh, this uh, strong link to a, a, a club that they've got an affiliation with, and, and and they happen to make a lot of money, and then they'll pump that into the club. 
Absolutely. Mm, the lasers aren't there for uh, because they love the region and, and it's the same for lots of different clubs. Like, you know, I mean, that's the reality of the Premier League. It's a, it's a rich man's playground. It's interesting and, and, and we're out of time now, but today we found out that Manchester City won. But I think when the full report comes out, we'll find out how badly UEFA have lost because we'll understand a bit more about just how a club can be uh, it can be confirmed that they were obstructing the investigation, but also have escaped any ban from European football. And we'll understand better exactly uh, about those time bars and um, the, the, the technicalities that led to this decision from the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And that's in the coming days. OK, we'll leave it there. Um, that's it for this evening. Thanks very much to Dion and to Naz. And we'll be back again on Wednesday evening for another football spin after the football on that evening. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get this show into your feed automatically on whatever platform you listen to. We'll talk again soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus, why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.